Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. When I was putting together the notes for this podcast, I was having real trouble because there's so many things wrong with what is happening right now in Afghanistan. It wasn't just the mountain of lies that President Joe Biden and his administration have been telling, or the dishonoring of our military and their sacrifices, or the abandoning of those that trusted us with their very lives uh, for our support, or to, to signal the world that we only care about ourselves. It, it, it wasn't just one of those things. It was all of those things and more. And so how do you put all those things together in one short podcast and try to cover everything? Well, you know, I guess you don't, to be honest with you. I'm not going to cover everything of, uh, of what's going on over there in Afghanistan right now. But uh, I did come across this by Ben Shapiro and uh, of the Daily Wire, and, and it really hit home on a number of these. And, and I, I think it's definitely uh, worth hearing. Um, he starts out here by saying, we are currently watching one of the greatest and most horrible debacles in the history of the United States unfold in Afghanistan. This debacle has both causes and consequences. The causes range from mission creep to myopia, from foolishness to cowardice. The, the consequences will reverberate from Afghanistan to Taiwan to the United States itself. To understand just what happened and what comes next, we must examine the current collapse in, in Afghanistan from three different perspectives, the tactical, the geostrategic, and the moral. Now, first of all, the tactical collapse of the United States, it, it put aside for a moment the, the American mission in, in Afghanistan. Whether um, our full-scale invasion was the right idea or whether it, it fell prey to mission creep or, or whether uh, indeed the United States should have remained in Afghanistan indefinitely with a skeleton force costing a, just a fraction of America's initial investment, but we'll examine such questions, you know, presently. Begin with a simple fact. President Biden's, um, his, his uh, contingency-free pullout from, from Afghanistan is one of the most extraordinarily idiotic moves in the history of military interventionism. It's not the Biden chose to pull out. It's not that at all. It's, it's how he chose to pull out. On April 14th of this year, Biden announced that the United States would begin a final pullout from Afghanistan. It, it is time, as he said, to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home, Biden stated, stated that, that, that the terrorist threat from Afghanistan had been successfully neutralized and explained that the country would not become a base for terror activities again. Now, obviously, that is completely false, as we know. Biden made the announcement, despite an intelligence report, that same week predicting that the Taliban would be, quote, unlikely, or would be likely to make gains on the battlefield. And the Afghan government would struggle to hold the Taliban at bay if the conditional withdrawals, uh, withdraws support. So if we withdrew support, us and others, that the Taliban would, would basically be able to take over. 
By Biden's timeline, however, the troops would begin their withdrawal by May 1st. At this point, there were fewer than 3,500 American troops in Afghanistan. It was no longer America's longest war in any tactical sense, given that no combat troops had been killed in Afghanistan since February of 2020, 18 months ago, and that the number of American casualties in Afghanistan had dropped to 11 in 2015. The United States military presence in Afghanistan had been reduced to its smallest footprint since 2001. And the job of the U.S. military was to provide technical and air support for the Afghan military. Did you hear what I'm saying? It, what we were doing there wasn't fighting with boots on the ground, okay? What we were doing was we were giving tech, uh, technical and air support to the Afghan military that we helped train. So how did things continue to operate? How did the Afghan army maintain even a semblance of control over any portion of the country? Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Afghan military had built its entire mechanism around such support. The Afghan army fighting alongside American troops was molded to match the way the Americans operate. The U.S. military, the world's most advanced, relies heavily on the combining ground operations with air power, using aircraft to resupply outposts, to strike targets, to ferry the wounded, and even even collect uh, reconnaissance uh, and intelligence. That That's what we rely on. That's our model uh, uh, when it comes to the military. We rely heavily on air support. When it comes, it, it, when, when it became clear that the United States would abandon its air bases in Afghanistan, and, and not just clear, we abandoned our air bases and didn't tell the Afghan army. They didn't find out till hours after we basically just turned out the lights. And, and along with those air bases, the, the air support it directly provided to the Afghan military, the Afghans had literally no capacity to operate anymore. And, and everyone knew it. As the Wall Street Journal said, quote, in the wake of President Biden's withdraw, withdrawal session, uh, decision, the U.S. pulled its air support, intelligence, and contractors servicing Afghan planes and helicopters. That, me- that meant the Afghan military simply couldn't operate anymore, unquote. I mean, basically, they were, they were begging for help. They were begging for help. They were, they were trying to find retired um, people that specialized in, in, in how to fix these, these planes and, 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 uh, and helicopters. And they were having like Zoom sessions where, where, where they were trying anything they could to get help to get these things up and running. It, it's even worse than, than that, according to the, the Daily Beast. The, the Afghan Air Force, the only force capable of supplementing their hundreds of fire bases on the ground spread across uh, Afghanistan relied on foreign con- contractors to upkeep and 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 do maintenance. Biden withdrew them and refused to allow them to remain. The country's most U.S. provided air fleet was dependent on foreign contractors to assist with maintenance. And as the U.S. withdrew. Uh, and that withdrawal took hold, the Biden administration refused to allow contractors into the country to service the aircraft, effectively grounding some of the Afghan Air Force at the same time as the U.S. withdrew direct air support to the Afghan forces. This is why they had to to go to, to anybody that knew anything about them. 
because they couldn't get help from the contractors. They couldn't get help from us and our government. Furthermore, it is common military knowledge in, in, in Afghanistan that the Taliban have a fighting season. They only fight in the, the non-winter. Delaying the American pullout until the, the weather turned would have at least provided a natural barrier against the lightning invasion the Taliban pulled off here. The Afghan government asked for just that, a delay until October, and Biden refused. Afghan officials had hoped that a withdrawal uh, w- w- uh, time with the, the beginning of winter would would buy them more time to strengthen defenses against the Taliban. But Biden administration pushed ahead on its own timeline. The Biden administration had to know all of this was the case. They had removed every single element of support necessary for the Afghan military to ev- even have a fighting chance of retaining any area of control in Afghanistan. And yet, Biden continued to maintain the lie that the Taliban would not retake the country quickly and easily. In July, he lied that uh, that he would, quote, ensure they have the capability to maintain their air force, unquote. Of course, he didn't do that. At the same press conference, he infamously stated that there was, quote, zero comparison between what was happening in Afghanistan to what had happened in Vietnam. When the Democratic Congress cut uh, off all support to the South Vietnamese government, and that leading to the fall of Saigon, the the Taliban is not the South, uh, the North uh, Vietnamese army, is, is what Biden said. Quote, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's There's going to be no circumstance where we see people being lifted off the roof of the embassy of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. You don't believe me? Listen to the clip. Here it is. President, some some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the the North Vietnamese Army. They're They're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comfortable. This was either a flat lie or the most harebrained remark in the history of American foreign policy. In either case, it shows that President Biden is a disgrace to his office. Now, all of this leads to the second major failure in the United States inherent in, in America's Af- Afghan collapse. The United States had, had two geostrategic goals in Afghanistan. The you know, preservation, uh, preservation of a base of operations from which to strike terrorist targets and, and the continued maintenance of American credibility toward both our enemies and our allies. Now, we have now failed on both fronts. 
Biden declared just last month that one of the primary goals in Afghanistan was to keep Af- Afghanistan from becoming a base from which attacks could be continued against the United States. Now, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, he, he has informed Congress that terror groups are likely to reconstitute in the, in the Af- Afghan area in the very near future, according to him. Now, according to, to those in the know, and, and like the head of Asian Pacific Foundation and others, there are some about 250 to 500 members of Al-Qaeda in Kunar, a, a heavily forested valley region in, in Afghanistan. Now, they say that the, the number is likely to increase. And given the United States' lack of access to any intelligence network and its surrender of the air bases in Afghanistan, as well as Pakistan's newfound quid pro quo with the uh, Af- uh, Afghanistan uh, to reject the U.S. base bases on, on, on the territory, it's quite likely that terrorist groups will reconstitute quickly in Afghanistan. We just know that. We know that now that we've pulled out, there's, there's a vacuum and, and they're going to fill it. Then there is a question of American credibility. The West's abandonment of Hong Kong in the face of Chinese aggression just last year, the West's continuing desire for a reproachment in the Iranian um, mulocracy, the the West's routine uh, appeasement of Russia all speak to the unwillingness of the West and the West's leaders the United States in particular, to stand up for allies anywhere on earth. Afghanistan is simply the latest and by far the most stunning example of abandonment of the American allies. The United States simply walked away from its allies in Afghanistan. That's that's what it was, leaving tens of thousands of them to meet their fate with no visible opportunity to escape. That was a choice. And an obvious choice, the United States could have maintained a military presence long enough to ensure that those with whom you know we worked could um, could preserve their lives, and and that those who didn't wish to live under the the auspice of these barbaric you know eighth century regime, regimes uh, could escape. We didn't, and we chose not to. I, I you know I've read articles already where people are just locking themselves up in their houses, knowing that those, those doors are going to bust open and they're going to die. They know their days are numbered. And we walked away. We did that by choice. Our enemies can see this and they are moving. China has already signaled that it will recognize the Taliban's re, uh, rule and will work with the Taliban to increase Chinese influence in the region via its Belt and Road Initiative. China hopes to get its hands on the uh, Afghans' uh, possible trillion-dollar rare earth metals. These are metals, by the way, that that are used to um, to to do all these green uh, electric projects, such as solar and wind. For their part, the Taliban has already signaled that it will work with China and doesn't give a damn about the Muslim the Muslims being imprisoned 
there in China. China's embassy in Afghanistan remains open. China has also solidified relations with Pakistan, presenting a solid face against in, uh, India. But that's just the beginning. China's Global uh, Times, a Communist Party mouthpiece, they, they said, that, quote, from what happened in Afghanistan, those in Taiwan should perceive that once a war breaks out in the Straits, the island's defense will collapse in hours and the U.S. military won't come and help. As a result, the Democratic Progressive Party of Taiwan, that's the communists there, will quickly, uh, or the ones against the communists there, will quickly surrender. Indeed, given the window presented by the Biden administration, it would be somewhat of a surprise if China didn't attempt some sort of action against Taiwan in the next few years. Now, foreign policy vacuums um, are always filled by, by someone. The vacuums are never left just as a vacuum. And the United States has now created one. That means that Ernest while America's allies will begin to play footsie with, with countries like Russia and China, believing that Americans, uh, American commitments mean little. They have reasons for such suspicions, obviously. Now, let's get to the last one, okay? The moral collapse of the United States. We originally went to Afghanistan in order to root out al-Qaeda and to dispose the Taliban in the aftermath of September 11th. George W. Bush announced America's attack on Afghanistan on October 7th of 2001, stating this, the attack took place on American soil, but it was an attack on the heart and soul of the civilized world. And the, and the world has come together to fight a new and different war. The first, and we hope the only one, of the 21st century, a war against all those who seek to export terror and a war against those governments that support or shelter them. That's what he said, okay? There was no mention of nation building. But in order to prevent the Taliban from simply returning to power, some alternative had to be provided in Afghanistan. The United States chose to foster a democracy. Now, this was a form of mission creep. In other words, our mission changed, to be sure. And many of the justifications for the war after its initial phase turned from ensuing a base for American operations against terror and continued degradation of the Afghans' um, terror housing capacity. The, the true purpose of the war toward the, the humanistic. America's rhetoric approach shifted from the real po politic to the kind of a, a, a Wilsonian democracy building. This was an erroneous mistake by the Bush administration, in my opinion. By 2009, w George W. Bush left office celebrating that, quote, Afghanistan has, be has gone from a nation where the Taliban um, harbored the Al-Qaeda and stoned women in the streets to a young democracy that is fighting terror and encouraging girls to go to school. While true, and we're celebrating, this statement reflected an obvious shift in priorities. America would not have gone to war to allow women the opportunity to go to school alone, no matter how uh, noble that, that may be. And this shift uh, 
in priorities allowed opponents of the uh, Afghanistan war to present it as an inherent continuing mistake. We saw that from uh, Obama. We saw that from Trump. Uh, we, we, we knew that they were not in favor of this um, and, and it allowed them to, to, uh, to say, hey, we need to, to leave and we need to leave now. Now, Joe Biden, however, would not allow his responsibilities as president to overcome his commitment to preserve ideas about Afghanistan. And so he pulled out. Now, in the case of, of Donald Trump, he wanted us out, but he he could see this coming. He knew what was going to happen, and he decided not to do it, and not to do it in this way. And Americans' moral failure in Afghanistan has been fulfilled. We have failed ourselves by restoring the rule of precisely the same evil evil entity that that presided over Al Qaeda back in September 11th and and their attack. We have failed our allies by you know, subjecting them to slaughter in the streets of Afghanistan. The ghostly images speak for themselves. Americans' helicopters uh, evacuating the American embassy ahead of an onrushing 8th century barbarian Taliban in images too, all, all too reminiscent of American helicopters leaving Saigon in Vietnam in, in 1975. Afghan rushing to the airport to escape the, the onrushing 8th century barbarian Taliban. Uh, how about the Af- Afghans clinging to the wheels of American military aircraft at, at liftoff? At Afghans attempting um, any measure to avoid the murderous the- uh, theocratic tyranny of the Taliban, dropping thousands of feet to their deaths. The snippets of information emerging, emerging from Afghanistan are even worse. The Taliban apparently going house to house in Kubal, killing pilots and, and SOFs, members of the Afghan Special Forces Unit, and raping their families and taking their houses. The, the, the Taliban seizing control of incredibly, of incredibly sophisticated caches of American military equipment, including drones, Humvees, uh, M- MRAPs, as, as well as our $700 million embassy. Tens of thousands of American allies struck, stuck in, in Afghanistan, unable to escape, waiting for their imprisonment, torture, or death. The Taliban painted over images of women in, in an attempt to restore the, their theocratic cleaning of women from the public square. Women are, are locking themselves in their homes in fear of return uh, to the Taliban's brutal rule in which female education was forbidden. You know, modesty rules were enforced with a whip and young girls were married off as child babies and child brides. America is not responsible for human rights everywhere, but we are certainly responsible for not abandoning those who have risked life and limb to help us fight terrorism, turning a country with at least a semblance of a chance into a in, in, irredeemable hellhole for some 38 million people, complete with massively restored terrorist threat to boot. American surrender has consequences. Here is Biden's insane defense. Believe it or not, this is what he, he told the American people. And, and, and not just him. The, 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 the utter disconnect between the Biden administration and the reality 
on the ground in, a, in Afghanistan was crystal clear as, as this week's terrifying events unfolded. As, as the Taliban uh, overran Kubal, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced, quote, the U.S. and the in, in international community and the Afghan government must do everything we can to protect women and girls from inhumane treatment by the Taliban. Everything we can. We we had just withdrawn the only protective force from Afghanistan. The State Department, Department issued a joint statement with dozens of other countries announcing the, the Afghan people deserve to live in safety and security and, and dignity. We in the international community stand ready to assist them. Stand ready to assist them. We have just abandoned them. Then there was Biden himself. As the tragedy unfolded, the White House tweeted out a picture of Biden sitting alone in a situation room and just a feeble image of a president. This this morning, the president and, and vice president, uh, it said, met with the national security team and senior officials to hear updates uh, and uh, to on, on to draw down of our uh, civilian personnel in Afghanistan. Initially, the White House announced that Biden wouldn't speak about the situation for a few days. In fact, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki similarly announced uh, that she was uh, going on vacation. Then slammed with the complete and utter collapse, not only of Afghanistan, but his presidency, Biden rushed to the White House to deliver a speech where basically you could sum it up by saying the buck stops everywhere else but him, right? Sounding rambling and defensive, Biden began by explaining that his team was moving quickly to execute the plans that we had put into place to respond to every contingency, every contingency. This, this, this was clearly untrue as stated 10,000, tens and thousands of, of American allies remain on the ground and, and will remain there either as prisoners or as corpses. He obviously did not account for every contingency. Here is what he just had to say last month. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They did not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. Then Biden got into the excuse-making mode. And Biden then tried to use examples of American counterterrorism in Somalia and the, the Arabian Peninsula, Syria, Iraq, a multitude of countries in, in, in Africa and Asia. And in each of these scenarios, it's, it's really good to note that we still have a force there. We don't in Afghanistan, but we still have a force there in, in all of those places. Then my, Biden moved to his second excuse, Donald Trump. When I came into office, I inherited a deal from Donald Trump that he had negotiated with the Taliban. Okay, Donald Trump negotiated a deal with the Taliban that was prerequisite on certain things that the Taliban had to do. They obviously weren't doing those. And so he would he would not have pulled him out on on May 1st. He not only would he not have done that, but what what deal has Biden um, felt like he had to maintain of Trump's. Biden continued by by attempting a false binary. It was either leave or war. That, that 
that's a false binary. We don't, there isn't just two choices, either leave or have this massive war. The, The status quo was not either one of those. And finally, Biden admitted to the truth. He says, I always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated, really. But in doing so, he chose to then cast the blame on the Afghan military that he had abandoned, thousands of whom he had probably consigned to murder. So what's happened? Afghanistan uh, political leaders uh, have given up and fled the country. The the Afghan military collapsed, sometimes without fighting, he said. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforce that ending the U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. So he's he's claiming it's the right decision, that all of this was okay, that, that the Afghans didn't fight for themselves. What do you mean? We abandoned them. We set them up to be dependent on us. And set them up to where they that that our support is what held them up, and then and then we withdrew it. As Biden's speech continued, his his excuses became even more preposterous. He he claimed oddly that our true strategic competitors, China and Russia, well, they would love nothing more than the United States to continue to funnel billions of dollars in resources and attention to stabilizing the Afghan uh, uh, people. What are you talking about? They love the fact that we're pulling out. They love the fact that there's a vacuum here and now there's an opportunity for them. That that is just absolutely ridiculous. Now Now only only a a, a photo op with corpses in the streets is will will change his, his mind and 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 make him believe that he was doing the wrong thing, I think. Only people being raped. Afghanis plummeting from American planes, burning American flags, and dead American allies. Do 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 you think any of these things will make him change his mind? And the disgusting spectacle of of a president pleading to support the Afghan people to, to say that that their that their human rights are the thing that is top priority for us, and yet we completely abandon them. I am president of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me. Biden concluded. If it does, he should bear the brunt of any American anger at our utter humiliation on the world stage, and the derelict of our duty and the rise of our enemies. And if Americans can't muster such anger, then the American era ended years ago. You may agree and you may disagree. would love to hear from you. And that is at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.